Welcome to the new Docs in a Pod presented by WellMed. Over the next half hour, Docs in a Pod will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Audrey Baria and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. And now here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Audrey Baria. Thank you so much for joining us on Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host today, Olivia Raman. She's a nurse practitioner filling in for our regular co-host, Dr. Audrey Baria, who is slightly under the weather. Olivia works at the WellMed at Ninth Avenue Clinic in St. Petersburg, Florida, earned her nursing degree at Florida State University in Tallahassee. She then earned her master's degree in nursing at the University of South Florida in Tampa. She's board certified in family practice. Before she got into the business of being a nurse practitioner, she was a show singer in a competitive show choir. When she was growing up, she still sings, and maybe we can get her to hum a tune or two. She is also the proud mama of two fur babies, a yellow lab and a golden retriever, and uh, grew up in the great state of Michigan. Olivia, great to have you back again. Good to be back so soon. Well, our topic today is something that I know is a nurse practitioner, you come across a lot. Patients with pain, uh, rather than prescription drugs, perhaps prescribing exercise and physical therapy. Sure thing. We get patients in all sorts of different pains, and it's becoming more common that I see patients who don't want to take meds, so they want to know other options, and activity, physical activity, physical therapy is always a good option. Well, cool. We're going to bring our guest on, Dr. Rajakan Patel. Dr. Patel is at WellMed at Stone Rock Lake in Florida. He earned his medical degree from the Municipal Medical College in India, completed his residency in internal medicine at Jamaica Hospital Medical Center in Jamaica, New York. Dr. Patel is board certified in internal medicine. And uh, Dr. Patel, great to have you on Docs in a Pod. Yeah, thanks, Ron, and uh, thanks, Olivia, for me giving the opportunity to talk to you guys and uh, give the uh, like the benefit of the medical knowledge to our community. Yeah. Well, thank you. Let's begin at the beginning. Uh, pain, chronic pain, uh, pain that just never goes away, uh, turns out to be a fairly common complaint on the part of many, uh, and uh, they'll come to you. And say, hey, doc, fix this. So, what do you tell them? Yeah. So, like the the as far as the, like the chronic pain, usually that pain that lasts for more than three months, that's usually we count as a chronic pain. So, we as a physicians, and then when the patient come with the this kind of the symptoms, usually like the we try to first find out what causing the pain. Because usually something like the tissue injuries or something underlying the mechanical causes, something causing the pain. And once we try to find out what causing the pain and sometimes we can able to fix like the sometimes some patient have the bulging disc which compressing the underlying the nose then in that case the surgery is the right uh, uh, option for the patient so once we rule out uh, all the different possibility then the, we educate the patient about the what are the different options uh, we have and then the move forward yeah I was telling Olivia before we came on the air today that 
after I had knee replacement surgery several years ago, uh, I was prescribed hydrocodone uh, as a painkiller, and I, I took it uh, for a, a few days. I didn't like it. It made me feel really yucky. Uh, I, I developed insomnia, something I never have. I didn't like the way uh, it, it made my mouth taste. It was something that uh, I don't ever want to take again. Uh, is that common? Do people reject those kinds of prescription drugs, Dr. Patel? Yes, sometimes I hear from that uh, also from the patient. And also this is where the like the opioid problems start. Many times the patient take the opioid for the after the surgery or after the motor vehicular accident. And then the after that, the patients gradually start taking that opioid for a prolonged period of the time. And that's where the opioid dependency start, opioid addiction start. And that's why the we have right now is called as a, we are going through called as an opioid epidemic. And that's why the CDC had the like the guidelines came out where the we should try, we should discuss our patient about what are the options they have beside the opioid therapy. There are the, like the very well documented study are done and about the non-opioid treatment options like the physical therapy, exercise, anti-inflammatory medications, uh, relaxation therapy, acupunctures, local injections, and also there are the, some anti-seizures medications, and the, they are also used for the uh, like the pain management, antidepressants also used for the pain management, yeah. All right, now hold that thought a minute for folks who may have just joined us. I'd like to let you know you're listening to Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron. Our co-host, Dr. Audrey Baria, on a special assignment today, recuperating at home, although she's doing great, they tell me. And pinch hitting is Olivia Raman. She's a nurse practitioner. We find her down in the great state of Florida in St. Petersburg. And our special guest today, uh, Ranikant Patel, who is at Wellman at Stone Rock Lake in Florida. And we're talking about a way to deal with pain through exercise and physical therapy. Let's jump to the physical therapy and exercise uh, side of this, Dr. Patel, uh, how does that help? Yeah, exactly. That's a very good question, Ron. So what happened when the patient have the pain for the long time? So they think that the if I do the activity, if I do the movement, I will have the more pain, but which is not true. And what happened by limiting the mobility and limiting the activities, the joint become the stiff, muscle become the stiff, and that increase the uh, the pain instead of the helping. And also associated with that, because of the pain, many times they develop the associated, like the, their mood get changed because they start feeling anxious, they start feeling depressed, they have the sleep problem. So what happened once they start like the movement therapy, when they start the physical therapy? So the different kind of the physical therapies are involved. And by doing that physical therapy, by increasing the movement of the rhythmic movement of the muscles that send the signal to the brain and which release a certain hormone called as an endorphins kind of the hormone that stimulate the central, the opioid system. And that's how they naturally relieve the certain hormones like the dopamine and serotonin that help in the pain. So now, aren't thing- those, uh, aren't endorphins the same hormones that get triggered in runners who uh, hit what they call a runner's high? 
exactly that's the thing and that's like the call as a happy hormones that help you to uh, decrease the pain and that's also increase the circulation and well, can we just can we just get a cup of endomorphins and drink it no that's doesn't work like that yeah so it's a, this is where the natural body produce a natural way so that's helping the stimulate the body and that help in the controlling the pain and also the beside the doing this physical activity that's also increase the muscle strengthening increase the bone strengthening so beside the controlling the pain we also get the benefit that decrease the incidence of the fall the also the help the patient to get a better sleep their mood get better by doing the exercise and everything and there is a documented study that it showed that it also helped in the uh, cut down the depression anxiety but also the movement regular activities regular physical activities that also help in the certain other condition also now when i hear dr patel describe this uh, olivia raman uh, it sounds like that's the magic bullet just get out and exercise I know it's not, you know, it's not a gimmick when people tell you, oh, get out and take a walk or, oh, you know, you should be getting, you know, the guidelines say 150 minutes of exercise a week. It's not, you know, just a, something we say. It's really true. It makes you feel like Dr. Patel saying it makes you sleep better, your mood increases, and then, yeah, your muscles are working better, less stiff, so your pain is likely to be less as well. So, Dr. Patel, there's all kinds of pain. Uh, obviously, you know that as a physician. Uh, does exercise and physical therapy help with all the different forms of pain? Yeah, so they help in the most of all the pain, but the, they have the more response for the, like the mechanical pain. They are more responsive for the somatic pain. They also help, but not as great when the pain coming from the nerve damage, like the neuropathic pain. They have the benefit, but not as great as the, the like the mechanical pain, like the someone has a osteoarthritis, some has a back pain from the bulging disc or the arthritis of the spine. These are the mechanical pain where the physical therapy or the regular exercise that help very good. Yeah. What is neuropathic pain? Neuropathic pains are the comes usually from the abnormal signals are the sent by the nose. And most common example is called as a diabetes, which damage the nerve, called as a diabetic neuropathy. And it triggers pain. Is the pain real or are you just imagining it? No, no, it's the real pains. Yeah, it's called as a, like the the damage to the nose happen and which send the abnormal signal to the brain and that's caused like the pain and that's where the instead of using the opioids and everything there are the some like the anti-seizure medication anti-depression medications which are also work for the neuropathic pain along with the physical activities and exercise because what happened the when the patient has the neuropathic pain they cut down their activities and everything and in that case, by increasing the activities, doing more physical activities, that's kind of the increase of circulation in the body that have the positive impact on the uh, brain and the mind. And also it's caused the muscle strengthenings, uh, increase the bone mass. So it's like the win-win situation in that kind of scenario. All right. Stay with us just a minute. We're going to come right back to you. I'm curious, uh, how do you get somebody who is a 
couch potato or who is dealing with pain and doesn't want to do anything. In my case, for example, you'd look me in my beady brown eyes and say, all right, you need to get up and do something. What is that something and how do you begin? We're going to find out in just a minute. You're listening to Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Olivia Raman, nurse practitioner, filling in today for Dr. Audrey Baria. And our guest down in the great state of Florida, we're talking to uh, Dr. Rocky Patel, uh, who is at Wellmont at Stone Rock Lake. Stick with us right here on Docs in a Pod. Hi, it's Drew Pearson for my friends at WellMed. As a Hall of Famer, I love it when a quarterback and receiver have a great connection. You can be part of a great connection too. Connecting WellMed's high-quality healthcare with the highest-rated Medicare Advantage plan helps you focus on staying healthy. Call 210-436-6005 or visit wellmedhealthcare.com slash connect. Drew Pearson is a paid spokesperson. Other plans are accepted. For full enrollment details, visit medicare.gov. Thank you so much for sticking with us on Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron. Audrey Barria, Dr. Barria, our regular co-host on assignment today, mostly recovering from a slight illness, although she's doing great. Our pinch hitter today is nurse practitioner Olivia Raman. Uh, she's also in the state of Florida, and we're talking with Dr. Ranikant Patel, who is at Wellmet at Stone Rock Lake in Florida. And we're talking about managing pain through exercise and physical therapy. So, Dr. Patel, I walk into your office, uh, you start talking with me, I tell you, I'm, you know, I got this pain, that pain, whatever, uh, and we talk about exercise, and you look me in my beady brown eyes, and I say, you know, uh, I, I don't do anything. How do you get me going? Yeah, that's uh, like the, that's where the patient and doctor has to like the talks to each other. And that's the, it's like the pain management is a, like the team approach. So uh, I discuss with the patient about the benefit of the, like the long-term pain medication, because the pain medicines have their own side effect, like the, uh, they have the dependency issues and everything. So educate the patient. And I tell the patient that besides controlling the pain, activities and physical therapy will help you to lose the weight, number one. Also decrease the incidence of the, like the if you have the sugar problem that will control your sugar. Many times you have the obesity, which is very common. So that help you to lose the weight also. And also decrease the incidence of the heart attacks, and also that they had did the study and they showed that the by doing the regular exercise is prolonged the life also beside helping the uh, like the get better sleep have the decrease incidence of the anxiety and the stress decrease incidence of the fatigue so by discussing the all the benefit beside the controlling the pain the patient usually they are eager to try that exercise yeah now olivia you mentioned the uh, guideline is 150 minutes or so a week of exercise for the patient who has done nothing till now. You, you can't just get off the couch and do 150 minutes a week. Oh yeah, no one expects you to. I always say that to my patients who like you are couch potatoes. I, I, I tell them I don't expect you to run a marathon today. I'm also not running a marathon today. So while the guideline might be 150 a week, which if you break it up, that's 30 minutes, five days a week. So if you think about it that way, it's not as bad. 
But of course, with exercise, some is better than none. So I'll take 10 minutes at first, walk around your house, start doing that, walk around the block. No, I'm not, you know, expecting you to go walk two miles straight out the bat. And then another option instead of, you know, 30 minutes right away, if you need to break it up into three 10 minute segments, so maybe you wake up in the morning, go for a 10 minute walk, do one at lunch, and then do one after work. There are similar benefits to doing it that way. Um, so really just start somewhere and you'll start feeling better and you'll want to do more. I'm waiting for the study, Dr. Patel, that says, okay, two minutes a day is all you need. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> so, um, so the every and the, also the every patient is a different patient. Some patients mm -hmm. like the are the very active, so they are good. Some patients are the doing but not doing what they are recommended. So they start with the slowly, like the Olivia mentioned, which is absolutely right. So start with the slow and according to the their comorbid condition, according to the their situation, they kind of be slowly and slowly as their body add up. Uh, exercise, they can increase the level of the exercise, yeah. So start with a few minutes and build up. Exactly, and slowly and slowly you can increase the level of your exercise and there is a 150 minute that Olivia mentioned, that's usually should be at the moderate intensity of the exercise because mm -hmm. they mentioned like the low intensity, moderate intensity and the uh, high intensity of exercise. So uh, they mentioned about the moderate intensity of the exercise, minimum of 150 minutes per week, yeah. And now is that walk in your neighborhood, running on a treadmill, lifting weights, what is it? Yeah, so there are the two different kind of the, there are multiple kind of the exercise, but the common is the kind of the endurance or the stretching exercise, like the walking, doing gardening, bicycling, uh, swimming. And then another group of the exercise, they also recommended that we should do is call like the strengthening exercise that minimum we should do at least twice a week along with the hundred and a minimum of 150 minutes of the regular endurance exercise. So by doing the strengthening exercise, we increase the strength of the muscles and strength of the bone, which decrease the incidence of the like the fall and also as we grow older we lose the muscles and bones but by doing the strengthening exercise we are rebuilding the muscles and rebuilding the bone so that decrease the incidence of the fall and decrease the help in the bone loss also well, what kind of exercise olivia do you do for a strengthening for, for stressing your body um so thinking about i what stuck out to me was bone loss i see a lot of you know especially older women with osteopenia, bone thinning, osteoporosis. Um, and so I always recommend the bone strengthening exercises like walking stairs, doing some squats, even if you're just holding on to like your kitchen counter, I'm not expecting you to, you know, do it all by yourself, but just some weight bearing on your um, thighs, especially is helpful. So doing squats, walking stairs, what about yeah. lifting cans of soup? You know, like I said, anything works. I'd prefer you doing cans of soup than nothing, so I'll take it. And Dr. Patel, uh, when we talk about exercise, uh, we also are pairing that with physical therapy. Uh, and do you refer your patients to physical therapists? Yes, definitely. So uh, I definitely refer the patient, particularly the 
as I see most of like the uh, adult and the older age patients and many times they have the uh, back issue, the spinal stenosis and everything. So I refer them to the physical therapist. And from my experience, I have seen the lots of patients, they used to see the uh, pain management, taking lots of pain medication, but the, with the uh, physical therapist, I able to cut down the pain medications a lot using the, uh, like the non-opioid treatments and the patient doing great with the physical therapy, yeah. What, what kind of exercises uh, does a physical therapist put you through? Yeah. The, Physical therapists, like the, they first evaluate the patient as a whole. They find out the what are kind of the mechanical problem they have. They help them the, find the right way to do the posture. They teach him about the stretching exercise. They also do the manipulations of the joints and everything. And also they involve uh, uh, like the teach the patients how to use the heat and cold therapy at home. They also teach them about the TENS unit. So they, they involve so many different modality to control the pains and everything, yeah. Now, TENS unit shoots electrical impulses through certain parts of your body? Yes, yeah. And the, by doing that thing, they like the help the stimulate the certain neurons in the body. And that's how that release the uh, like the endorphins and that help in the controlling the pains. Uh, and you can get TENS units to use at home, can you not? Yes, yeah. You can use the TENS unit at home, yes. And you've seen them become beneficial to patients? Yeah. The, if the patient, along with the like the other medi others like the modality like the regular exercise physical therapy tension is also help in the pain yeah what got you interested in pain like the regarding the because the, see the pain is now the fifth vital science and then the so many people's like the suffer from the pain so the Pain is uh, like the subjective things. And once the pain gets better, that overall affect the patient as a whole. So they start feeling mentally feel better and have the like the lots of like the social like the effect also like the because of the pain many times patient like that they cannot able to return to works that affect the overall the society. And now the because of the opioid epidemic, we are having the so much like the social uh, issue. So by controlling the pain, particularly not using the medications, we are like the doing the kind of the social thinking, like the economical benefit, everything. Yeah. When you say social, how important is it uh, for us as human beings to interact with others? That's, that's also like the lots of, there is the one of the, like the strategy to control the pain, like the CDC as the guideline, like the call as a cognitive behavioral therapy for the control of the pains, like the, where the patients like the try to, like the expect what to expect from the pain, like the how to focus on themselves, relaxation technique, deep breathing exercise, meditations, and all these different modality, they like the help the controlling the pain. Uh, and uh, I, you keep dancing around uh, what I, I think is mindfulness, uh, where folks can embrace uh, deep breathing and slow themselves down. Exactly, because what happened by relaxation technique and by deep breathing exercise, like the uh, which 
because in the body which call as a parasympathetic system and which activated and which kind of the cut down the stress level in the body cut down the certain others like the hormone level in the body and that's why the body kind of the ego is in a certain relaxation state and that help in the pain mm. uh, olivia you mentioned uh, uh, patients who suffer from bone loss uh, and predominantly women but not only women uh, can you restore that bone once it's gone um yeah there's ways like with strengthening your um muscles and bones with activity you can definitely improve your bone scans yeah i've seen so it's called a dexa scan is the screening tool um and i've definitely seen patients improve their their tools screening tools um, not only with exercise, but with like calcium and vitamin D intake as well. And if you are able to do that, uh, you can deal with the underlying issues? Sure, in a way, yeah, because a lot of it has to do with uh, um, vitamin D, calcium, you know, depletion or inactivity. So if you fix the reason why it happened in the first place, theoretically, it will get better. Dr. Patel, we've got about a minute left before we let you go. Uh, share with me the best advice you give your patients on exercise and physical therapy. The best exercise, I will tell them that do as whatever you can do, but stay active, try to mobilize yourself, try to move around and start slow and go slowly and that will benefit you, yeah. Perfect. Dr. Patel, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. And thank you to Olivia Rahman, pinch hitting today for Dr. Audrey Barrio. You've been listening to Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron. We'll talk with you soon. Executive producers for Docs in a Pod are Dan Calderon and Leah Madrano. Our producer is Isaac Wilker. And associate producers are Natalie Ibarra and Maurice Hudson. Thank you for listening to Docs in a Pod, presented by WellMed. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And be sure and tune in next week for another edition of Docs in a Pod with Dr. Audrey Baria and Ron Aaron.